Hey, listeners. This is episode 28 of One Plus One Makes Two, and I have never been so blessed as I have been the last two days. A buddy of mine shared her cold with me. So, for the last two days straight, I've been sneezing, I swear, every two minutes or less. Well, nevertheless, I've been running a bunch of errands today, and everywhere I go, I sneeze, and am immediately blessed by someone nearby. Bank tellers, barbers, McDonald's employees, neighbors, all of them, blessing me within a moment after each sneeze. Why, I've never been so blessed in my whole life. I got a question for all of you. Multiple choice answer. Question, what's the best time to have a cold? Past, present, or future? I hope you all agree with my answer. The past is the best time because you no longer have the cold, you are no longer suffering, and you are alive. The future is second best because, by definition, the future starts a moment after now and continues. <coughs> Please excuse me, my sneezes have recently, today, been replaced by coughs. And no one's blessing me now. Coughs don't get blessed, only sneezes. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, as I was saying, the future starts a moment after now and ends sometime. <laughs> it, it, it's never, it never ends. It's, it starts a moment after now and it, it goes forever. <laughs> but you know, listeners, that, that, uh, that foments <laughs> an interesting question. Which is longer, the future or the past? Now, I don't know, and I'm sure no one knows, but if I had to just take a guess, I'd say they're of even length. They are both the same length, and I'm not going to try to prove it in any way. That's just a gut feeling I have, and uh, maybe you agree, maybe you don't, and uh, we'll never know who's right or who's wrong on this one. Well, this is a whatever moment. So if you will have a cold sometime in the future, it may be decades following the present, or maybe in an hour. Who knows? But it's not now. Speaking of now, now is the worst time to have a cold. But look at the bright side. Always be near someone when you sneeze, and likely they will immediately bless you. Listeners, the preceding preamble to episode 28 was recorded five days ago. But now I enjoy a state of good health, so we'll begin episode 28 again, a second time. Golly gee, everyone. Glad you can join us today here at One Plus One Makes Two. In our past two episodes, we've discussed spaciously, comprehensively, sternly, demandedly the need for a program that NPR must include in their daily broadcasts, a program that you and I can relate to, a program that explains the daily impact of our varied actions and behavior, which can cause and or eliminate climate change. So far, NPR, that is National Public Radio, has occasionally invited journalists and other guests to discuss causes of climate change, such as exhaust emissions from diesel and gasoline engines, deforestation, land clearance for livestock, grazing, industrial and residential electrical consumption produced mostly by coal, gas, and oil installations. But listeners, here we are together today, now, to identify and discuss the sole reason for the causes that I have just mentioned. 
And Pierre has been a truant and an evader by refusing to state and discuss the primal reason for climate change. Well, here it is. Climate change, climate change is the result of and therefore caused by human overpopulation. Duh, why didn't NPR ever tell you this? NPR didn't and doesn't. Fortunately, common sense does. A hyperactive imagination is not required to visualize the Earth before humans evolved. Visualize the Earth's primal atmosphere, which contained two to three hundred times more carbon dioxide than does our present atmosphere. Together with the energy derived from sunlight, plants could evolve. So eventually, the Earth became a bounteous garden of plant life, both in the sea and on land. And because of this prolific plant life, Mother Nature eventually evolved animals like you and me. And we animals consumed the oxygen produced by the plants. Hence, Mother Nature's miraculous balance was established. Bob, that's all very nice, but pretend you're a Hollywood movie director. Cut to the chase. Uh, Okay, Uh, of course, Mother Nature. Listeners, NPR should be telling us, by means of a tough love daily program, things such as this. Humans and the livestock that we humans raise for food, that is, meat, comprise 96% of the Earth's mammalian biomass. Of this 96%, 36% is human biomass and 60% is the biomass of livestock raised for human consumption, which means that all the wildlife is only 4% of the total weight of all the mammals here on Earth. That doesn't sound good, Bob. No, it doesn't, Mother Nature. That is scary. What the hell is left for everything else? Like the little squirrels, like the little doggies, like the little foxes, like the little and very big bears, like the little and very big cats. Well, I'm not going to name every type of mammalian species. Let's just remember, when we combine the weight of all humans and livestock raised by humans, by the way, the term livestock includes cattle, elk, reindeer, bison, horses, deer, sheep, goats, swine, llamas, alpacas, and fish. When we combine all the mammalian livestock species with humans, we have 96% of all of Earth's mammals by weight. That is indeed scary to think that all the wildlife, which are not humans or not the livestock raised by humans, all the other mammals on this Earth comprise only 4% of the Earth's total mammalian weight. It wasn't like this thousands of years ago. Matter of fact, it wasn't like this even a hundred years ago. Mother Nature, can you support all this weight of biomass of all these humans and the livestock that they raise? Come on, Bob. You, I, and all your listeners know the correct realistic answer, which I will state now with dramatic emphasis, is 
Mother Nature has just stated with a highly emotional decibel level her answer. Justly anticipated, considering all the data that we've been accumulating the last 70 plus years. As you can imagine, there will be a correlation between this uh, total uh, mammalian weight thing and the population of humans and livestock. Which brings forth this important announcement. The human world population 2023 is over 8 billion individual human beings, which compared to the 2.5 billion humans in 1950 is an increase of 320% within 73 years. My gosh, Bob, you humans are making rabbits look infertile. <laughs> you think that's bad? Let me discuss the next terrifying doomsday fact for you. Each individual human today consumes three times as much energy compared to the average human in 1950. Well, if you have three times as many people, each consuming as an individual, three times as much energy, that means we humans are now consuming worldwide nine times as much energy as we were in 1950. And this has resulted in the 32% increase in atmospheric carbon dioxide levels now compared to 1950. And as we all know, carbon dioxide concentration in the atmosphere is a major cause of climate change with all its destructive ramifications. Listeners, it's all about communication. These facts must be heard by us daily on NPR radio and public television. And let's be real, these facts should also be broadcast to you by ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, all on a daily basis. Now, Mother Nature is signaling me that I must conclude today's topic. By the way, today's topic is that NPR and all other radio and TV media corporations must broadcast daily programs with measurements of how we humans are dealing with climate change and that the primary cause of climate change is human overpopulation. Now, here is one more group of observations which impact climate change and should shock the hell out of our listening audience. Tell them, Bob, tell them. Right now, Mother Nature, Listeners, the average weight of an adult human male in 1950 was 160 pounds. The weight now in the year 2021 
of an adult human male is 193. That's a 20% increase demanding more forests be destroyed and be replaced with food crops to feed these 20% heavier male humans. These food crops produce much less oxygen and sequester much less carbon dioxide than the same acreage of a forest. And tragic too, it is that although grasses are excellent producers of oxygen, a blade of mowed grass greatly decreases the capacity to produce oxygen compared to an uncut blade. Common sense again, if an uncut blade of grass grows to a height of 18 inches, and is mowed to a height of three inches, the capacity of that single blade of grass to produce oxygen has been reduced 83%. Listeners, if I might interject, stop mowing your friggin' lawns! <laughs> hey, thanks for the emotional support, Mother Nature. It's well needed, Bob. Now, if I might change the subject, going by the gesticulations of your studio manager, Mr. Apathy, you may need to conclude today's episode and or pay his invoice. Remind your listeners that they can donate on your GoFundMe app. Yes, thank you, Mother Nature. Listeners, if you wish, you can support our One Plus One Makes Two podcast not only by listening, but by also donating to us on the GoFundMe app. Good, Bob. Now lighten the day with a mix of jokes and wisdom, maybe. Can't you add a little more certainty to that? That's your job, Bob. Roger. No, Bob. My name is Mother Nature. I'm sorry. Loosely, Roger means okay. Well, tighten up then, Bob. Yes, ma'am. I will. Thank you. Well, listeners, here's some optimistic advice pertaining to how we humans are dealing with climate change. The sooner we fall behind, the more time we have to catch up. No, Bob. Use common sense. As we speak, humans continue to increase climate change. Therefore, humans are still falling behind. They are not, as you say, catching up. Well, thank you for the reality check, Mother Nature. You know, Bob, it doesn't take much to just look around and see what's happening. That's the easiest way to confirm what I just said. Yes, yes, well, now I'm a bit hesitant to share the next observation with our listeners. Go ahead, Bob, say it. It's in the script, isn't it? Yes, but, uh, okay, um, okay, um. The tallest blade of grass is the first to be cut by the mower. Oh, great, Bob. That's just another human trait that's going to cause your own demise. Go for it. Share it with the world. See if your listeners embrace it or disgrace it. Please, Mother Nature, you said I should just give them some jokes and some good advice and some humor. And... Well, too late for that now, isn't it, Bobby boy? Why, after all, the phrase too late does apply to some of life's circumstances. Yes, I'm sure I and all of our listeners, we hear you, we hear you. And it's not too late for me to share an inspirational aphorism. Listeners, 
The best place to find a helping hand is at the end of your arm. Why, Bob, good for you. You can just wriggle away with that one. <laughs> Thank you, great mother of all mothers, with your persistent tough love agenda. And of course, thank you to all our listeners. See you next time.